Good morning, Adam Bergstrom. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Patrick. I tell you what, we had a heck of a time just getting this thing going, and now my little buttons don't work, and, <laughs> and you know, I don't know what, well, networks, well, what can I tell you? Hey, Adam, well, it's a Monday, I, I guess Mondays are like that sometimes, right? Monday morning coming down, or is that Sunday? Sunday. I don't remember no, it's the sun, no, it's Sunday morning coming down. <laughs> yeah. Or if the carpenters, rainy days and Mondays get me down, right? <laughs> That's the one. How you Monday, doing? Monday, by the Mama th- Cash. And How are things with you, kid? What's going on? Well, we're doing okay. We've survived uh, a crisis in April, a heat dome, and I went through a bunch of dental karma, but otherwise, doing great. Oh, that's right. So you were telling me off the air that your your jaw just kind of went bonker? <laughs> you know, it went any, south, yeah. yeah. You had any idea what it was? What caused it? Uh, it's been a long time thing, and uh, warning to people about eating bread. Uh, hmm. you, you If you eat fatty acids you eat certain types of foods together and bread and in the 90s my teeth were so good i had a perfect bite according to dr j e phillips and he said that was really rare and i've been checked out by kinesiologists back in the 70s 80s having a perfect bite and so with my teeth i would do dental classes you know on blotting brushes and things then when i sold my mobile home and went on the road I started eating a lot more bread Hmm. because it was handy, you know. I want tuna, I have a submarine sandwich at a truck stop or subway or something, and then crackers and all that. And if you notice, uh, complex starch sticks to your teeth. You can take your your finger there, you know, and move it off. And that's what attracts the bacteria. If you take a spoonful of sugar, it's down the track. It's good to swish out your mouth maybe, but there's nothing stuck or that goes into the sulcus. And the sulcus is, of course, is that gap that the dentist says, tisk, tisk, tisk. That's a four four millimeters deep sulcus. You have a problem here. Oh, that's here. when they do, when they used to touch, have them test the, uh, what do they call it? Uh, the, the, the sulcus is what I know it is. It's, it's a, the gap between the teeth. And see, when people brush their teeth, they tend to brush it under the carpet. And, Flossing only gets the side of the carpet, but if you think of a hallway carpet as being like uh, two feet wide and 20 feet long, uh, that's the 20 feet long time in the front and back of the tooth that that stuff gets under. And when you brush, you brush it under the Right, that's why (laughs) I brush, and we've been taught to brush this way, right? You're you're brushing it away from the gums, not, yeah, good. And even brushing it away doesn't go. You, What you do is you take a blotting brush and it sucks it up by capillary action. Capillary action is the same thing if you go to the beach and you're on the sand, but you're not in the water, when suddenly water starts coming up through the sand. That's called capillary action. And Dr. J.E. Phillips developed a blotting brush because he came in as a teenager or maybe 19 years old or so he came in and the dentist said you have to have a gingivectomy the Mm. entire butchery where you take the gums and receipt them and he said no i'm going to figure this out myself and the dentist said uh you have a lot to learn about life son so he went out and noticed that uh, africans and other 
uh, in National Geographic, they didn't have cavities. <laughs> and, and he realized that there's a way of taking a paintbrush and just going under the gum gently and having the water suck out and also all the, the debris comes out. I'll be. So he went back to the dentist with perfect teeth and the dentist was so astounded that he said, whatever you're taking, keep taking it, son, because he couldn't imagine a mechanical way of clinging the teeth. See, he thought he was taking vitamin C or something else. Now, I've seen some blotting brushes, say, on Amazon. Does it matter what kind you get? Can you just buy some body, blotting brushes and you're good or well, what? Uh, yes, it does. Uh, one is better than the other. The blotting brush that is best is unpolished because the polish uh, doesn't absorb. It's kind of like having a coffee filter over right. grease. You sure. set it on it and it brings it up. But if you have like a uh, piece of plastic over the grease, it's not going to do that anything. That makes sense, right. That make, do, you, do you know a brand name you can recommend for folks? Do you have a uh, brand name? It used to be called the... Uh, uh, Periodontal health brush, I believe. And I believe the people who sell it, and they may or may not be out of stock now, are is the Western uh, Price people. Oh, really? Sally Fallon. Uh, Lynn is in uh, Nebraska, the flattest state on earth. And uh, <laughs> I keep telling her. And Lynn, would you look and see if you, because I know that you've purchased some, Lynn. God love you. Uh, could you and then send us a link of something that you believe is what Adam's talking about, the unpolished, maybe uh, periodontal health brush or something from Weston Price. And then also put that in the notes, please. And then we'll, we'll uh, you may have put them in an old show because I think we talked about it before. So that really makes sense. So you're, you're talking about putting something like right there, when the, right in there, and you just, and do you do this after you brush? No, you don't brush it off. You don't brush in it fact, off. In uh, fact, Phillips said brushing is the major cause of tooth decay in this country. And he taught dental celery, uh, uh, surgery at UCLA. I met him when I came into Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and I was having bleeding gums. So it, my host and the person who sponsored me for workshops said, uh, go to this guy's free workshops at the hospital. So I went and was astounded about the blotting brushes and everybody in Eau Claire knew about it because they had like bins, huge bins of thousands of blotting brushes and people would grab 20 at a time, a dollar a piece or whatever, and take them. In fact, I made, I made a partial living by selling blotting brushes at one time by walking around with them in my pocket and people asking, what is that? And then giving them a demonstration and selling the things. <laughs> So um, I, I, would, I would argue, though, that brushing is pretty much bad because 95% of the toothpaste are bad. They have fluoride, and they also have, um, what's, that, what's that ingredient? Glycerin, which keeps yeah. the tooth from remineralizing. Glycerin. A lot of bad things. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of bad things. the good news about uh, blotting is no, no toothpaste at all. No toothpaste, no mouthwash, no anything. Mm. Just carry the brush and use it anytime use it before you eat because people don't realize that your teeth are the clingest after you eat after you eat. not be, but before well, is when the bacteria are all in there doing their job we use the pearl serum which i know as you know is pearl also in minerals and calcium and uh, 
my teeth have never looked better or felt better, so I don't know what the magic is there. But uh, oh, that, see, that's another thing. You you do need nutrients, so uh, just rinsing your mouth with calcium uh, or a prosium or whatever you're using huh. helps prevent cavities, definitely. Because what is uh, what is calcium but an alkali? And if you have an alkali, that's uh, prevents the growth of the bacteria. Uh, an acid gum are just not good for you. Uh, not because the acid, well, the acid can actually uh, erode your teeth too, but they uh, encourage bacteria. Now, just like you have, you can go too far with the principle. If you suck on a lemon, it's so acidic that it will kill those bacteria mm. because they all have their tolerance levels to live between certain ratios. And uh, if you take something too acid, it kills the bacteria. Oh wow! Yeah, so but well, most things, most acids will will uh, will have it going. Now, most people first, it's important to see if your saliva is alkaline because some people have are over acid systemically and in their saliva and not necessarily in their blood. But if your saliva is alkaline, every time you eat, you can put a tiny pinch of cayenne <clears throat> or sugar or something to make you salivate. And that salivation is protection for the teeth. People with dry mouths, they can get a cavity in one day. One day? One day. It's, mm. it's happened, definitely. And that'll happen if one is breathing through their mouth at night. That'll dry the saliva. Yes. Yeah. That's another problem. Yeah. Mouth breathing. In fact, the American Indians, uh, it was such a serious offense to walk around with a uh, open mouth that uh, many Indians were asked to leave the tribe or even worse, they were exterminated. Really? Because it was a sign of uh, retardation weakness. and weakness, right? They didn't want Extreme weakness and they were basically geneticists. <laughs> I would call them hereditarians because genetics are inert. Right. Heredity works, but... Yeah. The genetics, uh-uh, it's all a scam. And, and I guess, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I guess you, it makes sense if they are, uh, um, hold on a second. Lynn, that link you sent me doesn't work. Uh, I don't know what you, don't paste and copy it. Just, can you send me a link from Amazon to the brushes, please? I can't see that. What you sent me doesn't work. Um, and the Indians were in a position where they had to survive, right? They had to survive winters, they had to survive God knows what, and then they had to survive uh, the white folks killing them and killing, driving their buffalo off a cliff, which they did. You know, have you seen stories that they did that? They used to, the white dudes would drive herds of buffaloes off of the cliffs so the, so the Indians wouldn't have food. I mean, jeez, yep. man. And they were hired, uh, Buffalo Bill and people like that killed thousands of buffaloes because they knew then the Indians would not have food. Uh. Now, the Indians were really smart. They knew how to mesmerize a buffalo. <laughs> they could walk up to it, stare it in the eyes, and the buffalo would follow them 20 miles back to their camp. And then they would do, um, uh, what would they make, pemmican? Pemmican, right? Uh, they would dry the buffalo, right? And, uh, and eat that. And they... You know, they couldn't find a buffalo or something. They would eat the dried buffalo. It was like uh, jerky, right? Pemmican. 
it, it was survival. So they, they knew all kinds of uh, ways to survive and in all kinds of circumstances and all kinds of locations, uh, whatever was available, they ate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hannah Interesting is enough, they didn't eat buffalo until the white man came because they were pretty settled down as agricultural civilizations all over the country. But the white man drove them out of their land, so they had to become basically warriors. So they became like the Mongols as nomads, while almost all of them uh, were non-nomads. Nobody went around from camp to camp to camp like uh, they did after about uh, maybe 1800 or so when the white man, well, actually 1700s, they started driving the Iroquois and uh, all the Indians off their land. Even the Cherokee were up in New York. They finally got them down into uh, Georgia in that area. And then I know one of my friends is the great-grandfather of the man who signed the bill to send them on the Trail of Tears. The Trail of Tears, yeah. And the karma was he applied for the Cherokee University in Oklahoma, and they said, are you going to have a problem with a, with a man with my last name? And they say, no, we've all let that go. Come on and be a professor. So here's what Lint sent us, a periodontal ultra soft bristle sensitive teeth toothbrush. That, that sounds like it. Yeah. Is that it? Uh, one way, way to make sure, recently uh, I was interviewed by his uh, niece. Uh, I forget how exactly how the relationship is. Uh, and she... Uh, told me how she found me she bought my uh, her husband bought my book uh, dead dentists don't lie and so i was describing the blotting brush and she said oh my god that's my uncle <laughs> these things are black do you remember them being black uh they come in all colors i uh, uh, i used to buy them in black yellow red green blue white and several other colors that yeah, they came I don't in know. plant. Lynn, I don't know if these are blotting brush. It doesn't say blotting brush. All they do is say soft bristles. Mm. We have to have something to say blotting brush, right? Uh, well, no? periodontal health brush, uh, brush would do, yes. You might have to uh, contact them and see if that's it, but I believe it is. I believe even uh, his niece, Heidi, told me... Uh, that 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 is a legitimate one but they were running out and sh and i suggested since she's related to uh phillips that maybe she should uh, become a distributor or get it going again and the books you know he had textbooks on how to do it uh i used to have about 20 of them he gave it to he just handed it to me he was a very generous dentist he said if you're going to teach it do it right and he handed me a whole bunch of free blotting brushes and a whole bunch of books so, uh, but it's out of print, and uh, I think I have one copy left, and uh, are very ragged. <laughs> it's been hmm. been traveling with me a lot, and uh, it should be reprinted because it's an excellent guide. Meanwhile, I have instructions in Dead Dentists Don't Lie. The uh, particularly the first couple of chapters I think are dedicated to Dr. Phillips. Uh, the Phillips blotting technique, Dr. Elmer Jung, going on a website here. So he's. I think if you just Google around, you can find the, the blotting brushes somewhere. 
I don't know what you know Amazon. You never know what the hell's going on there. <laughs> I know, and and uh, I'll see if I can contact Heidi and other sources yeah, and see if we can find it. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. good friend uh, Elliot Yamamoto. He often writes in a lot of times and comments on uh, One Radio Network. He's especially on top of that. And so I will email him and find out yeah. what's going on. Let's get some sources. I'm going to try that. That sounds good. I mean, anything we can do to keep these guys good, you know, I mean, phew, ah, ooh, ah. Anything, mm. anything. It, it worked for me because I had bleeding gums at the time, and it stopped my bleeding gums. Wow. And after that, I would go into uh, like El Paso or someplace, and my friend said, I just got back from uh, the dentist, and I have perfect gums. And so I had her use a blotting brush, and within a minute, her gums are bleeding. I said, you better switch dentists because you, you have uh, periodontal uh, disease. Yeah, bleeding gums are not good, right? That's it's the worst. Not good. Now, other things are involved. Remember, I had them while I ate tuna and yellow uh, and got yellow fat disease. My gums and my anus and everything was bleeding, and I was getting those uh, those uh, petechia and uh, purpura, which are basically uh, blood spots on my body, hmm. large ones. And after I gave up tuna, ate oranges, ate more kale, things like that, it went away. Oh, I have an edema too. I haven't had edema now for seven years after doing that. And you, you, you tied that all into the too much omega threes because you had tuna like every day. I followed Ray Peavis' advice. I'd never see. I was a tuna holic. I mean, I ate a can a day for years, and uh, and with the mayo and everything. And mayo is not good for you either, especially if it has soy or flax or some of the or, or uh, flax or those uh, oils that have omega threes. So uh, I was doing okay, and then suddenly my feet started to get numb, and then they swell. Uh, they would swell up like. Uh, waste baskets periodically so i thought i've seen that before people are on the way out with congestive heart disease and all that then i listened to i believe it was on your show possibly your first interview ever hmm. with uh, ray pete we were in new zealand and i heard him mention yellow fat disease well I never looked it up until i heard it about three or four times and finally i told vibrant gal I'm going to see what the heck that is. And, of course, 14 books later, 14 books here later. we are. So do you think I have, you, I have enough to write two more books, but, you know, it's just too much. So you credited some of the edema and numbness to omega-3s as well? Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it, and I had, I had a, a, what do you call it, a flock of syndromes. I had... Uh, it, I, I had to dab my butt when I went to the bathroom. Wow. And I had to go up, you know, waddle with your pants down up to the toilet, wet the toilet paper, dab. Because if I wiped, it bled. That was going on for 10 or 15 years. Well, now I can wipe my butt with sandpaper. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, and uh, my gums stopped bleeding. Uh, the edema went away completely. Uh, and... That one ankle on the right side, it's always about a woman, mm -hmm. uh, always was slightly larger than the other one. Now they're equal size. And a whole bunch of other syndromes. I had a leg that I, I couldn't sit in a cross-legged position because one leg would just, knee would stick up and it would, uh, it would be intolerable pain to move it downwards. Uh, 
as soon as I started the oranges, uh, mostly the oranges, I just did a little kale, uh, then suddenly went away. I could sit in a cross-legged position again. So if we're going to do seafood, then we want to do low omega-3s, right? Yeah, there's plenty of dry fish. Yeah. Uh, uh, take the cod, just don't eat the liver. It's a dry fish. Sure. Now, it's funny. Whenever I say dry fish, people on Facebook say, dried fish? Why would you eat a dried fish? And they've changed the terms to confuse people. A dry fish used to be like halibut and uh, and uh, uh, cod, book, uh, ones that didn't have oil in the tissue. But now, under the new term called lean, you can put a salmon in it, and it's all confused. Back in 15, 20, 25 years ago, everyone knew what a dry fish was, that it was not a dried fish. It was a dry fish. It had no oil or little oil in the flesh, like orange roughy. So what are some of the ones, the good ones, then? Orange roughy, cod, halibut? Halibut. Cod, halibut, uh, flounder, uh, fluke, uh, along those lines. Scallops? Scallops, too? Well, scallops are good, yeah. yeah. They're good for other reasons. It's really not a fish, but it's a good... Uh, in fact, a lot of people don't realize when they buy jumbo shrimp, that's a scallop. There's no such thing as a jumbo shrimp. What is a scallop, anyway? It's a, it's a sea creature similar to a shrimp. <laughs> is it? Yeah. So that's why Ray Pete likes scallops. He... he he likes those. They're they're good for you, and, and I've eaten shrimp. Uh, the uh, I think I told you the story once when my uh, when the Donald would keep me up all day and night. I said I feel okay, except my eyes feel like I have gravel in them, and I feel like I'm cutting the flesh in my eyes if I close my eyes. And he said, "Go to uh, go and eat shrimp at six fifteen kidney time, and that." It'll go away. So I found myself in Bob's Big Boy and uh, at 6.15, and they had all the shrimp you could eat. So I stuffed myself, and then I had no more problems with closing my eyes. There was no more gravel in them. Some of people may, may know that, that the gravel feeling in their eyes, it dries them out like that. And sometimes in the canthus of the eye in the corner, you'll get that little pus that comes out. When I was a child, uh, I had so much pus coming out that I would have a, a teaspoon out of each eye every five minutes. No kidding. Did wow. my parents panic? No, they just said, here, take some salt water and put it on. <laughs> and it went away. What do you, th what do you suppose you were eating when you were a little one that caused that? Oh, I don't. See, I was actually raised uh, right off the breast to goat milk and Basically, we lived on a farm in Upper Saddle River, New Jersey. So I ate really well. And my mother always cooked. When we moved to California, both my father and mother had to work to support us. So TV dinners, uh, macaroni and cheese, uh, chicken pot pies, all that stuff, you know. And plus the usual candy and junk and everything else that went along with it. Salami, uh, head cheese, all that. You yeah. just went and helped yourself to a sandwich on a lot of bread and crackers and cereals and things like that yeah. so uh at that point uh, uh yeah i was uh, eating pretty badly adam bergstrom is with us if you care to join the show you can do it Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. 663 6386 email patrick one radio network.com 
Uh, let's do a little quick break here, Mr. B, and uh, promote a couple products. And, and that's how we uh, support ourselves around here, boys and girls, you boys and girls, is um, by promoting products. And uh, we appreciate it if you have some extra Federal Reserve notes, such as they are, hanging around in your, your bank account, and you'd like to uh, support us, maybe look on our website and see if you see some things that you might want to try. If you haven't, like our sauna, hydrogen machine, cool, cool. Man, I, the more I use it, the more I like it. Drinking the hydrogen water, breathing the gas, 20% discount. Um, you'll like it. Now, you got to use it. Some people say, well, I do it 10 minutes a day. No, no, you, you got to use it. So just put in a spot and just breathe it. Breathe the gas. Um, uh, so thrival products are like the one I'm going to tell you about now and uh, Shen Blossom and Blue Shield. We've got a lot of really very, very nice things. Uh, the ribeyes, uh, you can get some grass-fed, grass-finished ribeyes in our store from Slankers, one of my favorite spots for, for meats that I'm doing a lot of now these days. So uh, that's how we do it. But I'm starting to do more and more of this since I've gone more meat-based or animal-based than even before, and I think you'll like this product, really nice. For my first meal of the day, I like to make a blended drink, and I'm always basing my blended drinks around colostrum. Colostrum adds so much creamy flavor and texture that if you don't have it, smoothies start to seem a little bit watery to me. Now I'm gonna be combining it with a bunch of other ingredients, but it really is the all-star. Colostrum has so many health benefits. Probably it's best known for its effects on the immune system. There's actually an article in PubMed showing colostrum to be three times more effective against flu and flu symptoms than flu vaccines are even in high-risk patients. It's incredible for fighting flu and other viral type infections. It's also really good for building lean muscle mass. In fact, it contains all 89 of the known mammalian growth factors. It's also very good for the gut lining. So people who suffer from things like Crohn's, IBS, uh, leaky gut syndrome, a lot of those folks are using colostrum in the regenerative process to heal and restore their gut lining. And one of the things I love about it is that it's a complete food. So colostrum contains everything a mammal needs to thrive. It contains all of the essential amino acids. It contains all of the essential lipids or fats. It contains all of the essential glyconutrients. Those are essential sugars that we need for our immune function. So it's got all of that and all those growth factors, which means this is really a complete food for human beings or for any other mammals. Tastes great. It's got the fuel I need to get through the day, and it's got all those added health benefits thanks to the colostrum too. A lot, a lot of good things going on with colostrum, and they have chocolate now, vanilla, or just a regular, the original. I think strawberry chocolate. I think four or five different ones. And while you're there, um, I've been doing a, a, a more reishi, um, and it'll actually help settle me down. Sometimes I probably get more cortisol going in my body because of, you know, just being on planet Earth. And um, so the reishi is a very nice thing for that. Um, pine pollen, elk velvet antler. It's just a, a wonderful website that I think you'll you'll enjoy the products there. And um, if you click on through our website, we'll get a little uh, commission when you buy it. 
And uh, that, that, that's how we, we support ourselves. Remember Adam Bergstrom, who's on the show this morning, and the first and the third Wednesday, the first Monday and third Wednesday, I'll get it, he's got a blog on the top right, and he does blogs every, every few days, uh, really good stuff, very cool. Uh, you'll, learn a, you'll learn a whole, whole lot from, from on his blogs. I think there's more sales going on in the Air Doctor, which is the top uh, of our website there. And um, that's a great um, air purifier. The sauna is on an everyday sale, twelve ninety five. Email me. Blue Shield's got a great, great, uh, great product uh, to help uh, protect you from um, EMFs. And we mentioned the Pearlseum. Get some of that. The Aquacure, Sulfur, uh, Shen Blossom. BioAge, so and we got a great water filter too. It's good, uh, good mix of uh, of um, of products. So if you if you need some things, we'd appreciate if you consider going to our website and seeing if you see some things there that you might wanna you might wanna purchase. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. This is indeed One Radio Network. Adam Bergstrom, tell folks about your two websites that you have. Solar Timing is one of them. Solar Timing. That's where the books are. Uh, I have about over 40 of them, working on 50. and uh, sunsinknutrition.com, it's $99, and we have a bunch of uh, recycling, color videos, times to eat foods, uh, blogs, uh, a bunch of stuff up there, too. So, uh, either way, we prefer you buy our books, of course. <laughs> so, let me just change that right now. So, we're just going to put S-O-L-A-R-T-I-M-I-N-G.com, right? You got it. Let me change Amen. that right now. So that'll be better because that's where all the books are. That's where the books are. That's where the right. books are. That's where the books are. Got a parcel of them. Uh, always pa- working on a book. I always say that's the last one. I've, I've written enough books. Yeah, well, you and know. And then that. an interesting subject comes up. And the truth is, I have a lot of unwritten books, but they're in, they have to be converted to the internet. I've written Cosmo uh, Chemistry, a book on UFOs, hmm. all, all hmm. kinds of things. They're in kinko boxes stacked to the ceiling. Oh, so you, you would have to take them out and by hand just re, reinvent them on the, on the computer. Yep, and they're all shuffled. Remember, we got uh, evacuated here twice, and then we had a pandemic and everything, so it's madness here. Uh, Every got, everything got shuffled up. We loaded both our vehicles with everything that we thought was important, and we reshuffled everything to yeah. do that, and then we had to bring them back in. Got back here. There was ash in the bathroom two inches, uh, two inches tall, even with the window closed. Hmm. That's how bad it was. Adam, we ran a video. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. Probably not. It was, I think we ran it at 9.30. It was by Dane Wigington, who... Um, his website, he does fantastic work with weather modification and geoengineering.org. And he has a presentation on California 
And they can prove that these guys have been drying you guys out for a long time. This is a controlled drought in California. They don't like you. They want to shut down the food supply. They also hide the fact that there are technologies available to take uh, water out of dryer, even in the driest desert. Uh, Nordberg's machine, you know, first of all, they're in the sky right now. There's 37.5 million billion million billion gallons of water up in the sky and it rotates around the planet uh every 43 times a year so (laughs) this water can be sucked out so easily you do it with an evaporative uh swamp uh uh, uh, cooler you know with just one of those small ones well it's easy to just dig a slanted hole in the ground and just take the water out of the air, dry air in the in the in uh, uh, the driest desert here in California. Whether you're down in Palm Springs or Death Valley or wherever, hmm. just take it out of the air. But they don't want to do that. Plus, there's always always of recycling the moisture rain. You've probably seen these uh, fog nets you put up, and you get all the water out of the fog. They use it routinely in Argentina and those dry countries where they don't even have rain and they get all the water they need in these places. So it's total mismanagement as well. Uh, And of course it doesn't, weather modification can help too. Um, So Lynn has found a few places with some good blotting brushes. Lynn, if you just put whichever ones you think are the best choice in your show notes, please. And then we'll uh, have that up and people, uh, Sharon can make a hot link out of it. And people can order these and, and, and try it. There's a couple of different places. Also, um, I saw a video by Dane um, where he has virtually forensic evidence that this Ian hurricane was a controlled demolition as well. And they can see it with radar and different towers and stuff like this. And they did this thing on purpose. And guess what? Check this out. Um, A company by the name of Mosaic was in dead center of the Ian hurricane in Florida three or four days ago. It makes 50% of the uh, NPK phosphate fertilizer for the North America and 12% for the world. Very strangely. Oh, yeah, baby. You think Without that? knowing that Mosaic was in the news, What's I it? looked for the biggest phosphate company uh, because I put something on Facebook about uh, Alcoa and and uh, Mosaic. And I said, they're not responsible for the fluoride thing. They're opportunists who took advantage of it. And I asked the question, who is responsible? Well, now I'll tell people, fluoride is a product of the nuclear industry because they needed it to protect the people to some reasonable degree because fluoride is actually uranium hexafluoride. Now, hex means six. To every atom of uranium, you have six of fluoride. And that's what killed so many workers that they had to make up a phony thing with the American Dental Association to say that 
well, how can this be killing people if it's good for your teeth? Right, right. <laughs> so it was all a scam. And now, of course, the Alcoa it took advantage of it and Mosaic takes advantage of it because the phosphate industry's waste product is the fluoride that ends up oh. in our water. So they the, don't get to just So the NP, NPK, the f- a phosphate fertilizer um, that Mosaic makes, that I believe no longer exists because of Hurricane Ian, wiped them out. So these, it feels like these people are really planning a food crisis that are just a really big one. I mean, if they're bombing uh, NPK things, right? I think their target was uh, DeSantis myself. You know, if people want to move to Florida. What are they going to think? Oh yeah, yeah I, I think crap, it was just I'm convenient. There. I think it was just convenient. It was there. Sure, I think that's part of it. But I mean, there's no accident that this thing got wiped out. And we know the other things going on with the the food, right? Crazy California and the weather. So these people just uh, really want to starve us out. I mean, what can you say? You know, during the Second World War, people grew their food. And that's the only way. My son does that now in, up in Oregon. You know, Oregon really does. He, they have a law. Of course, you can't collect rainwater. They do all those kind of things. The public commons is what the environment was, and they want to go nuclear. This whole green thing is about nuclear power. Governor, uh, Governor Nuclear Sum, Nuclear Sum, not a lot, because he only extended uh, Diablo Canyon here uh, for five years. But the whole thing is to bring the entire world, including California, back into nuclear. Now, nuclear really isn't that toxic. My argument with nuclear is if you have direct zero point energy power or solar power or any of these quantum types of powers available, uh, you are in control. It's in your house. But when it's nuclear power, they are radioactive for centuries. So you need experts, government experts to have access to your property, to that nuclear reactor in your backyard, which Bill Gates has been invested in that for a long time, have personal nuclear reactors, nuclear yachts, nuclear cars, all of that kind of thing is what they want. And that is the agenda, nuclearation of the planet. That's what they want. That's what they want. Yeah, they don't care about solar power, wind power. All that's just a phony baloney stuff for the sheep pots. Hmm. And they have zero point energy. Uh, I, I, I hung out with uh, John Hutchinson. You're familiar with the Hutchinson effect? No. The Hutchinson effect is an anti-gravity machine or whatever you want to call it. He had people levitating off the ground. Uh, my friend Ed Maynard did the same thing. He had huge generators lifted off the ground. He blew up his plant doing it. But I saw a demonstration of it in Colorado where the, your machine just levitates off the ground like maglev trains, things like that. They have all, all these type of energies uh, available. And uh, uh, Hutchinson effect, uh, when I met him, he was on the lamb from the Canadian government because the Canadian government said you can't do that. There's no such thing. But France and China wanted to buy his machines. So they uh, closed down his lab and put a warrant for his arrest. So when I met him, he was hanging out in an Indian reservation in Bellingham, Washington. And fate happened 
where he broke down in front of the place where I was giving a solar workshop for the weekend. So since he was broken down in a car in front of the place anyway, he said, I might as well take solar nutrition. Hmm. So he became a client of mine and a friend of mine at the time. I've lost track of him now. He's up in Vancouver again, Canada allowed him back in again, but they restrict him tremendously because he's a danger uh, to the world's energy matrix. Oh, danger, 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 danger. Danger, danger. danger. And of course, I've met, a, I've met a man back in the 80s who had magnetic cars. I'm not talking about electromagnetic cars. I'm talking about magnets. All you need is run it on a magnet with no electricity. He had five working prototypes. I met him at a health food store called Open Sesame. Uh, one time, I'll show you, I still have his business card with the magnetic cars on it. Uh, I forget his name. His first name was George. Maybe one of your listeners uh, knows who he is. Uh, well, there's no doubt about it. There is a group of um, obsoletes that uh, want to kill us and uh, make our life miserable. So we just have to stay out of their way and get creative, right? What else are we going to do? Because Stay out of the way. Slip through the cracks. That's, that's the only way because if you go and confront them, they just uh, mow you down. Right. You know, <laughs> we may have the right to have a gun, but they got a nuclear bomb and they got bazookas and they got tanks and they got all that kind of stuff. You know, you, you see it on the news when they're fighting wars now, all the supersonic drones and everything. They just take drones and wipe everybody out, like you know, in Afghanistan, everywhere. One thing that I have been thinking about and just kind of coming to me because I'm an internal optimist Maybe, maybe that these people are not going to f- do their full out, you know, the Davos kill everybody thing with all of this stuff, with the money and everything. Maybe there's going to be some big disruption event that's going to just, you know, the whole thing will just become more visible to, to more people. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe. God will save us. <laughs> it's just, okay, well, let's just show everybody everything that's going on, and then you guys can just take them over or throw them in jail or something. I don't know. I, I are, just, there, you know? are other powers uh, on Earth, like the Watchers? I, I've talked about the Watchers, and I had a little bit of uh, interface with them myself. I'm writing a starting kind of a book, maybe. I'm writing uh, installments of the Watchers on Facebook now. And it basically involves something that happened to me about 2011 for just about five or six months where my life was turned upside down in a series of paranormal events that happened. And uh, I've written about it a little before, but never really explained it. So, so many people are kidding me about the watchers on Facebook. I decided I'm going to just tell the whole story then and see what they think. Good for you. So that was, can you explain what these... uh, um, um experiences were well my interactions were such that i met a series of people who had uh paranormal powers that uh uh influenced my life people who like uh went off uh, fell asleep at the wheel and went off a cliff and they they prayed to mother mary and their car was back on the road again <laughs> with a diesel hanging at, uh, aiming at them uh people uh dead reincarnated cats a doctor, a medical doctor who had a guru who took his arms on and off. And we met a hipster truck driver in uh, uh, Quartzsite, Arizona, where he actually uh, uh, interfaced with a friend of mine and told us our futures and our things we were working on. 
and uh, went back to my friend and said, you had a choice between music and between metaphysics, and you could have done both. And so she began crying. Then he told her some things about her life, and then he put a, without touching her, he put a huge bump in the middle of her forehead. (laughs) And so all the way in the rest of our drive, to uh to phoenix arizona uh she had a splitting headache for three days and three days later the bump totally went away things like that that's just the beginning of some of the things that happened and i'm going to tell a whole story and including one of the watchers we interfaced with named star and watchers are other than earthly Beans? I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, my story, I'll tell, I, I'll tell you part of the story. And I have good friends that uh, had these experiences. So I may be modeling the story. But they had a guru who sent them to the parking lot up in Mount Shasta and said, just go there. So they went there. So they see this guy selling gemstones up the trail from the parking lot. So they go up and check them out. And they ask him uh, who he is, and he says, he gives his name, Star, and he says, I was uh, born in, uh, in uh, Maine, I think it was, someplace, uh, someplace back east, in 1636. So they said, uh, you mean, one of my friends is a lawyer, he said, you mean you reincarnated and uh, we were born there in a past incarnation? No. I was born in 1636. So they thought this guy was kind of goofy, right? Sure. So anyway, at that point, a guy comes wandering up to the table and he said, uh, on crutches, and he said, I'm crippled. Can you help me? So first of all, why would this guy come up to a gem seller and tell him to help him? So Sar says, sure. So he stands on one foot in a... uh, in a position that my friend says, I can't do, and I, I don't have crutches. <laughs> we couldn't do that position. And he just holds it and holds it and holds it. So the guy with the crutches says, I can't do that. And Star says, try. So he makes an attempt, and he walks away from the table with his crutches under his arms. So my friend says, is that, that going to be permanent? Maybe, but his, uh, his uh, disposition might, uh, might come back in again because of his belief system. So wow. then another guy comes walking up to the table, and uh, Star says, sometimes people try to get to me, but they can never reach me. And just before he gets to the table, he makes a left-hand turn and walks away. Then a little girl comes up to him, uh, uh, runs up in the parking lot and says, my mother has given you these binoculars in appreciation. We appreciate you. She appreciates you so much. Thank you. He takes it. Then he says, ah, he puts it up. It fits his eye. He said, you try it. My friends, both of them, it was crooked. It didn't fit their eyes. While Star's eyes, it matched perfectly. Then a forest ranger comes up and says, uh, uh, can you help us? Now, this is word enough. Why would a forest ranger come up to a gem salesman and say, can you help me? Us. He says, we have a missing person. Uh, and can you help us find them? Star says, certainly. He picks up the binoculars. He looks up in the hill and says, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> and it went on from there. I could go on. I will well, tell the rest of the story. Man, you know, just the beginning. I think there's a movie here somewhere, Adam. We should do that. I could write that screenplay in a heartbeat, man, with all these details. Let's do that someday. 
Maybe so. <laughs> and I'll tell you what happened after that meeting, which went on, and there were, there's a lot more. But I had a friend that was a friend of Master Chen, who has seen him do some miraculous things. We met in Sedona, and we met, went and visited these two friends who, who had met Star. Now, when I first introduced them, uh, it always rained when initiates got together, like a Donna initiate. So it started pouring. And my friend said uh, to my other two friends, this is because this is in uh, in in Taoism. Uh, this is the day of the rain. I don't know, God, whatever the heck it is, some Taoist, the rain Taoist ma- uh, master. Right. But then my friend looks at uh, my other friend's uh, jewelry and said, that stone is not from the earth. It's from the moon. And she says, yes, it is. And she says, and then she tells the story of Star, how he gave it to her. (laughs) Now, how did my other friend know it was from the moon, if it even was? Who knows? But anyway, it's a very, very complex story and very woo-woo. Woo-woo. Well, we should do that movie. Have there ever been movies about the Watchers? There must be. False movies. You know, the Watchers, the concept has been involved since Madame Blavatsky. Mm -hmm. She claimed that there was these people up in the mountains in Tibet that are basically watching over the world and things like that. Some of that has been exposed as false, supposedly. Madame Blavatsky had a a cabinet where the letters would appear from them that had a false back and all that kind of stuff, whether that's true or not. But the concept has been there. Krishnamurti said that was a bunch of BS. Uh, I think he was wrong. I think there are some kind of watchers. I've hung out with enough masters. I know that there is... There's Ekmax, Ekengar masters that are even in uh, in the Hindu Kush mountains. I know for sure, and way up there that you can't even get there except in a soul body. And they they do what they can without manipulating and you know and screwing up the karma of people. You got to be careful. <laughs> it's not it's not cool to intervene in someone's karma without you know what I'm saying everybody has to work out their thing so yeah there's there've, there's always been masters and angels you call them whatever you want to call them and watches is a good name though I like that yeah that's one I know some, somehow in some people's mm-hmm. minds it's got a, a, a new age tendency of being evil or something like that uh, yeah. and I'm sure there's some people out there forming some kind of Masonic lodges that are uh, bad but <laughs> right. I really don't think they have the power that some of these watchers have because they have learned to be very responsible about, uh, about it. The Ekmasters, masters, uh, uh, the, uh, the people in the Himalayas, etc. That's right. Yeah, they're very careful about what they do and what they don't do because... I would think that. Yeah, yeah, it's just good. And you know, I've had too many synchronicities in my life where I've been saved by miraculous incidents. Like <laughs> when we were evacuated that time, I told you that uh, Vibrant Gal almost died. You know, she, I thought she had died in my arms. And when I started screaming and yelling and everything for about 30 seconds, she came, she came to and said, uh, why are you yelling? <laughs> <laughs> what are you yelling for? <laughs> but she, she was so weakened I had to wheel her in in, in a, uh, a chair with wheels on. Now, how many kitchens have wheels on the chairs? And I had a chair to do that. But she couldn't even lift her neck, so I couldn't put anything in her mouth. So we needed a straw. So I looked through the entire thing, 
There were no straws. I kept looking. And finally, way in the back of the corner, I found one straw. A single straw saved Vibrant Gal's life. I washed it up. And then I was able to start feeding her. And eventually, she was able to eat eggs and other kind of things as well. What was going on with her? <laughs> Who knows? Huh? She, uh, uh, well... If you go into mind hacking and the traumas involved, it was the anniversary of certain things that happened to her in her early childhood. I got you. Yeah. And I won't go in further, but she has had exact anniversary days. It is not uncommon at all for people to have a problem on their anniversary days. When my mom, uh, when I attempted to help her off the toilet and the flesh on the back of her hands ripped off her bones completely. You think that didn't traumatize me? So on the anniversary of that, my hands would get bright red and chapped every day that that happened and actually a few days before and after. What a, what a trippy place, huh? What a trippy place Earth is. I mean, it's just like, man... It is when you when you see things happen like that. I've I've had, of course, even before I stu studied the I Ching and synchronicity, I was interested in these meaningful coincidences that would happen. Right. We're not linear, you know. I would think of someone and they would call me on the phone. I would think of a high school friend. There he would be, uh, <laughs> in a place that was totally uh, different for both of us that would happen so many times i became intrigued so when i found out about uh jung's synchronicity and paul camera's seriality and all of these type of non-linear uh, communications i became fascinated with it researched it and experimented with it as well and so uh Mm -hmm. it, it exists. It's oh. nonlinear. It's quantum, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what the name is, but synchronicities exist. And you've had those kind oh, of things happen, yeah. too. I know you. I have. And, and uh, you know, what I'm working on is, um, you know, we do soul traveling. Uh, I, I soul travel, and I have experiences all the time, at, you know, when my body's sleeping. But what I'm working on is staying conscious of the experience, right? So, not actually going to sleep where you just kind of go dark for a minute or whatever. I want to be conscious during the experience so I can really see how it works. And it takes a lot of focus and a lot of energy, but I'm working on it. You know, I just, you know, I, I, I can just lay there now uh, for an hour and just waiting for my body to go to sleep so I can see how it does it, you know. I want to I wanna see how it does it. That's the only way I'm going to know. Does that make sense? Otherwise, it's, you just read something in a book, and that's no fun. Who cares, you know. Somebody says, well, this is what happens. When, you know, okay. I've got to experience. Otherwise, I'm just spinning my wheels. Does that make sense to you? Uh, I had some experiences with uh, conscious dreaming, too. I was fascinated with it, that the Sonoy techniques, all kinds of lucid dreaming and things like that. So when I was at Supi camp, I met a friend of mine named Don, became a really good friend of mine. And he told me how to rock out of my body and things like that. So one night I did that, and uh, Adnan Sarhan, uh, the Supi master who I studied with, in my dream or whatever, he came and blew in my ear as hard as he could, caused pain. But I saw this psychedelic design in in uh, mm. greens and an exact pattern. Wow. So I asked Don, what did that mean? He said, it means listen to Adnan. 
because of the the the, the uh, experience yeah. uh just the ear so anyway i go to sufi camp uh, I, I mean we go every day and we did sufi exercises up in the mountains in uh, north carolina so i'm sitting there and instead of doing the exercises he suddenly says i want you to meditate on this painting that i did on the wall and it was the design in my dream wow. <laughs> so i'm going what the heck so i stare at that uh i stare at that painting and uh realize that it was in my dream well in the uh evening that evening we would sit around and adnan would just roll his eyes back in his head you see nothing but white with a wide open eye like wow. like they forgot to put a pupil in right and he would just give us a type of uh I don't know what you would call it, but he would just do that. But instead of me sitting and meditating like usual, I just stared at him and asked mentally, what does this mean? What have you done? And as he came around to me, he dropped his eyes back, winked at me, and dropped them back up three times. <laughs> so uh, only later I told him about that, but he still wouldn't explain what that was about. Oh, very interesting. There's so much uh, that's going on in the other realities that, as we're spiritual beings that, that we just don't know about it, you know, that, uh, but we're beginning to, to know more. Um, oh, uh, Synchronicity has played a, a, a uh, large role in my life, and I've been fascinated with it for years. Of course, it happened all the time with Adano. He was a master of synchronicity, but... But anyway, we all, we all experience it, and it's like out of the matrix. To me, what synchronicity is, and according to Adonis Lay, it happens every hour and a half. We have an opportunity to get out of this dimension. Uh, if you remember in the matrix, when he saw the cat, and he said, I just saw the cat go by twice. They said, uh-oh, they're on to us. So I really believe that that exists, that you have a chance then to see it is a matrix, because if it was a regular, how they, science describes life to us, there wouldn't be a cat running by twice. There wouldn't be these types of synchronicity and deja vus and raja vus and all the different ex spiritual experiences that we have. Sure, yeah. Uh, Lynn sent an article, so uh, again, um, the, the, art, the video that I saw was with Mike Adams, who I don't trust and uh, <laughs> he was wrong again so thank you Mike Adams Hurricane Ian nearly missed landing a serious blow to the domestic fertilizer industry about half the phosphate fertilizer in the US comes from three plants Tampa Florida region and in the past hurricanes have knocked them offline if it had done so it would have been another headache uh, so evidently just a few places in the world where those phosphorus Fertilizer is made cheap, China, Morocco, and Florida, but it missed the mosaic, according to this article. So, yeah, Mike sometimes has a, uh, has a ten I should know better than to listen to him. God. Look what they did to Mercola now. They took him down, took his PayPal, took his bank accounts and everything. They did that to, what is his name, Nick... Uh, 
this other guy that became very popular on Twitter and everything. Uh, he's interviewed recently by Patrick Bet David because they took everything from him. They took his bank. He closed his bank accounts. They closed his PayPal accounts. They closed everything that he has on the internet. And uh, fortunately, he lives in Romania, so he can go there and huh. do his thing. I'm thinking about moving to Russia. I mean, it, did you hear Putin's speech? Did you happen to see it or hear it? He had a big no, speech. Oh, man. I, big I'm surprised speech. they allowed him to say anything. Oh, no. I mean, well, Russia, he's in Russia. I mean, he runs Russia. Uh, he was in Russia, and um, he was talking to, like, his people and all the heavy hitters in Russia. And we put it on Facebook, and uh, we put a translation and also the video. But, boy, I tell you what, Adam, he just went, he was, he, he just went, uh, Amazing. He was talking about how the West and letting all this transhumanism thing that they are Satan, the West is Satan, and they want to bring me down, and it ain't going to happen. And uh, he really went full bore, you know. And he, he said that if you really push me to it, if I have to nuke, uh, I'm going to do it. And he will. He did. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, he will because uh, he's going to save his country. You know, I he, he just is, you know. Yeah, so, I think I think all leaders are criminals, but he's my favorite criminal. Yeah, he's my. I, I like that. I'm going to use that. He is my favorite criminal. Of course, they're all criminals. You know, they're all stealing money. And, and you know, now they criticize him. He has a history that that uh, Ukraine was part of Russia. Well, he forgets that the original Viking Rus Viking Empire was the capital was in Ukraine. It was in Ukraine. They, there's even a great Russian movie about it. Uh, called the Vikings, I believe, in 2016, about that empire there in Ukraine. And guess what? Where was Khrushchev from? Ukraine. <laughs> Where was Brezhnev from? Ukraine. Where was Stalin from? Georgia. I mean, none of them was from Russia. <laughs> Russia is from its outskirts. It's, it's, it's outskirts. That's like saying uh, 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 American can't be president if he's a president, uh, if he was born in Alaska, because it's not connected to the United States. Of course, the United the Alaska is part of the United States. Right. So ridiculous. He's, he is a historian. He knows things. Um, did you see a Russell Bentley interview we did, that fellow that's in Donetsk? The Patriot. We did a show uh, with no, him. I, I have been too bif busy fighting my for your, fighting for your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this week, so Very, I missed a lot. He talks a lot about it, and he was actually in a in an army um, brigade that fought these people. And these, you know, these people in Ukraine, Zelensky, and all these these are these are uh, Nazis. They're real, authentic Nazis. They do the swastika. They're Hitlerites, and they've been in there for a long time. And that's another reason Putin went in there because he wanted to, he wants to get rid of these people because they want to take over Russia just like Hitler tried to take them over what hundred years ago or seventy five years ago yeah it's Hitlerian in fact Oliver Stone in his interviews made that perfectly clear and it's perfectly clear that they the Nazis have been a threat Stalin uh, created Smirsch because there were so many German infiltrators in Ukraine and all around the outskirts of Russia that uh, that they were uh, spies everywhere from Germany and Germany was paying them well to do that so Smirsch there's a whole series of Russian movies on 
the activities of Smirsch uh, just after the Second World War and during the Second World War, because Smirsch was uh, formed in 1943 when it became apparent that the Germans had a uh, get it from within as well as from without program going on. Yeah. Couple emails here. People were looking at the brushes. Uh, uh, the ones I found are polished. Did Adam say they're bad? Yes. You don't want polish, right? They're not as good, but you can. If you have nothing else, you can use it. Probably a probably an artist paintbrush might work better. But uh, I've used the polish before when I couldn't get anything. Uh, but uh, otherwise, I lucky. I had a source of the original periodontal health brush first from phillips himself and then what is my karma uh, no one knew about the blotting brushes so i go, i live in carpenteria a little town maybe eight thousand people at the time i go into the one pharmacy we have and i find blotting brushes i yeah. said what are these doing here well i sell them i said okay so i would buy them from him wholesale and then uh, and then sell them retail to people, I would buy them by the gross there, 288 at a time, uh, three or two or three gross, and uh, and sell them. Do you just use them one time? Uh, no, no, you use them multiple times, but they do have a life. The bristles do wear out. Usually, Phillips recommended using switching them out every uh, three weeks. Three is oh, a good time. So if you pay five bucks for them, it's cool because. Uh, Right. Yeah, it used to be you could get them for a dollar, but not and two dollars in. But now I guess the prices have gone up. That was back in the eighties and nineties. So you just rinse them off and then dry them and then do it again, right? Yeah. Yep. But unpolished is the best, and well, that would make sense. The bristles are what's absorbing the toxins. If there's toxins, right? The bristles. Yep. So if it, they were, it takes the it takes the plaque out. The plaque takes, out, and of course the bugs are in the plaque, so it takes it right and, out. And it, would ta- it would make sense that if an unpolished bristle would soak out more. It just just logical, right? It, it's like a coffee filter again. Put it on the fat, all goes into the coffee filter. Right, right. Some people use coffee fil- filters. They they don't want to wash their plate as much. You put a coffee filter down. You put bacon down there. I just read a whole bunch of other uses for coffee uh, uh, filters on Facebook. Actually, I found a, a person at the farmers market where they have really well-fed pigs. Uh, the the real with the real food and not a lot of grains and GMO corn and stuff. And uh, they have a bacon that they smoke for 12 hours and then they sell you the bacon. Oh, oh, it's so good. I'm kind of living on bacon. It's I do really well on bacon. What's with bacon? I mean, holy cow. I mean, I feel Ray so Pete. good when I eat it. I feel so good when I eat bacon. It's crazy. Ray Pete claims it's probably the best form of pork. And uh, I was a baconaholic when, when I was a vegetarian, total vegetarian for 14 years. Bacon and anchovies were the two hardest foods for me to. I could watch hamburgers, I could watch steaks, no, nothing even bothered me on TV. They showed me bacon, I had to leave the room. Yeah. I think it's the fat. I think it's really the fat that, that our bodies like. I, I know that's what my body likes. I've been doing teaspoons of tallow, beef tallow, grass fed two or three times a day just for fun you know so I, I really like fat my body likes likes fat and I'm not doing yellow fat right this is good fat 
<laughs> right? Yellow fat is the other kind. Yeah, the, uh, the saturated fats are fine, and even the monosaturated. If we eat no fat alone, our body will manufacture oleic acid only, oh, right. and from there it can manufacture everything it needs. So just in case it did for some reason need some uh, uh, omega-3s, it could manufacture it. It's smart enough to do that, but we, we take in the fats, and if we do, we pay the price for getting the most unsaturated they are, the more the worse. Right. Monosaturated is perfect, saturated, steric acid, all of those other uh, acids are generally very healthy for us. Mm-hmm. Remember when we were talking with Ray P2 about uh, there's a, there's a uh, substance in pork that is way lower when they're fed a real authentic kind of grass-fed, range-fed, or vegetarian diet. What is that? Do you know what the what the um, what that ingredient is? Not sure what yeah. it is. But you uh, said on one of the shows, you said because I was telling about the farmers market, they just feed these pigs vegetarian. You know, no no grains. He said, oh, that's why they're really low. He's seen studies; they're really low in something which is not good for you hmm. well grass is high in omega-3s but cows have a defense against yeah. it so yeah. they don't seem to have any real problem with it except if you get an old cow they use the liver to detox that so that's one place where i deviate from uh rapide i would say be careful when you eat an old liver because they do have yellow fat disease it's all over the internet anybody can see it if they just research yeah. it but a young cow its liver is so efficient, it's not going to have yellow fat disease. It's not. It's going to take those omega-3 oils and burn them like that and metabolize them. And so the rest of the tissue in the cow is protected from omega-3s. Adam Burks from Patrick Timponi. Many of the uh, carnivore gurus are really big on eating lots of organ meats, you know. And uh, there's a fellow in New Zealand by the name of uh, Dr. Bart Kay. I've seen some videos with him. He's really sharp guy. Where do you hear him? And he thinks that's not a good idea. He thinks mm-hmm. that there's too much um, stuff in all. He said some liver is fine, you know, and you could do a few things. But he said all of these carnivore people recommend you do a lot of, of, um, of uh, organ meats. It's too much. That's what he claims. As long as you rotate the organ meat. If you just eat one organ meat, like liver and stuff like that, you will get into a problem. But if you you have some thyroid, then you have heart, and then you have uh, spleen, and then you have the pancreas, and then you have the Rocky Mountain oysters, and then you have all these different parts of the body, I don't see any problem with that. But I guess with anything, you can overdo anything. Sure, and and plus if you think about it, say... Say your tribe kills a buffalo, you know, 600-pound or 1,000-pound buffalo. So they got a liver this big. You know, uh, if you... Yeah, I think uh, if you were an you know what I'm Indian, saying? Yeah. and there were waste products, uh, they would execute other Indians that had leftovers. So you took the whole buffalo and used it, the entire thing. So obviously, the muscle mass is going to be a lot more than the organs. But if you threw away some of the muscle mass, you were executed. Oh. It was as simple as that. But they were as strict about the environment as was Genghis Khan of the Mongols. But the point was, is the idea of the relationship with the amount of liver to the amount of meat would not be having meat every other day or once a week. It would be a lot less. You know what I mean? 
It, it's just exactly. wood. There's just, just one liver for, you know, 50 people or something like that. How much that liver? That is exactly my point. How much yeah, exactly. liver would you It's the ratio. You yeah, use a whole buffalo. How much liver would you eat? And obviously the livers. Yeah. How yeah. Much, how, so people who take livers and throw away the rest of the deals, because uh, obviously if everybody eats nothing but liver, what do you do with the waste product? And the Osages had an answer. They executed it. They, they killed them. They, they, so people want liver crazy here. Um, let me, let's do this. Um, okay, I want to do a quick little uh, uh, thing here, and then we'll uh, be back, take some more emails. Well, um, we're going to talk with um, a fellow who's really in tune with the with the um, the financial financial world, and uh, uh, tomorrow, John Titus. And then, um, who else do we have tomorrow? John Titus. Oh, and I'm going to be on tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to be on. And then John, and then on Wednesday, uh, Fred in the Real World of Money, and Sally K. Norton, who um, just recently wrote a really fascinating blog on some real studies on um, fiber but she's got she has a book out and she's going to point out some of this stuff in superfoods that maybe we shouldn't be eating because maybe they're not so super I'm shocked I'm, I'm just shocked she's done a, she has a whole book on it did you know I've been kind of cruising around thinking maybe my little cortisol thing is not as happy as I would like it just because I get too excited about stuff. And I was looking online and looking at some um, the things for uh, moderating or modulating cortisol levels. And Rishi is like number one. We were mentioning Rishi from from uh, Daniel Vit- uh, from Daniel Vitalis. Rishi. I never thought of that, that as being, but it is because it helps you sleep, and which lowers <clears throat> uh, cl- um, cortisol. I'm going to ask Adam about cortisol and see what he thinks about cortisol. And then another one, and I'm going to find it here. And this is what's surprising too is um, Passionflower was one, uh, Ashwagandha, which is a uh, um, Ayurveda herb, uh, lowers cor- uh, cortisol, and then also, believe it or not, ginseng. Now go figure. Previously with Brandon Amalani of Shen Blossom, talking about our very special ginseng. And you don't want something that's been corrupted coming into your body, like the ginseng is a super important example of that. You know, when you're using aggressive alcohols and solvents, it has a, it has a strange effect with um, ginseng in the sense that when you're not only over-processing it, but putting it in really aggressive alcohols, what's going to happen is that you're going to flip the chemistry on some of the uh, androgenic. Naturally, it's androgenic. It's going to basically protect the telomeres and, and add life to the body and, and protect the genetic replication of the cells but it's also going to boost the androgens and boost the the male hormones in the body but if you 
incubate it in a really aggressive alcohol, it flips those to become estrogenic. Now, estrogens, phytoestrogens are not necessarily bad in balance, but you really don't want that with your ginseng, especially if you're getting like a really high quality, a really old root, something that's very special. You want to like treat it with care and make sure it's delivering what ginseng has to offer. Just a short clip from Brandon talking about the way they do the ginseng, just to give you a better idea of where this company is coming from, the quality and the ethics. Brandon and the Shen Blossom link on OneRadioNetwork.com.